We are one-third of the way through the fantasy football season. How would drafts go if they happen today? We run this mother back on a new episode of the podcast. So pull up a chair, enjoy the program. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the bump, check your stat line, see who's up, that over-under hit too clutch. I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never play. so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you with they Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. October 17th, 2023, and what some people are calling a bottom five program on the internet is back with you. I am Seth Wilcock, joined by my co-host, the muscle and the brains behind IBT, a man who should be running for office in the great state of Texas. He's Eric Romoff. What's up, Mr. Romoff? Man, I'm now distracted by contemplating my political future in the great state of Texas. Um, we've got a, we've got some pretty strong lobbies out here, so I don't know if I can make my way through it, but I can definitely make my way through week seven. We call that a segue. Let's go, baby. <laughs> and tonight we are also joined by our sponsor, Turned Friend. He is the guy slinging Toyotas down in Memphis, Tennessee. He's got Tacomas. He's got Tundras. He's got Forerunners. He was once pumping out Christian Rock radio music across this great globe, and he's now offering fantasy football advice over at the Fantasy Football Advice Network. He's Tyler Bradley. What's up, Tyler? What's up, man? Uh, you didn't have to put me on blast. I've kept the whole uh, Christian Rock Ooh. thing secret to the fantasy Ooh. football community until tonight. So if you're Jeez. tuned in to this bottom five, but not bottom five program, <laughs> you just found out some good stuff. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I, I apologize. I had no idea that, that you, you were doing a little Ham Montana thing with this. <laughs> Um, do you know any Creed, Tyler? That is the question. Do you know any Creed? Um, I do know Creed. I'm not a Creed fanatic, but I do know Creed. That is the general consensus around here, but we appreciate having you on the program either way. And this is maybe one of my favorite shows of the season, guys. We're going to be redrafting the top 24 picks as if we are playing from week seven on. Then we're going to get some in the scope. The waiver wire to begin with is not great. So some of our deeper options for you to scoop the week seven waiver wire or the week eight waiver wire, not that great. Um, it feels like you're almost at like a high school party with a six pack and one little nug of weed and there's seven or eight of you. Someone's not leaving happy. Someone's not leaving happy when they wake up on that waiver wire tomorrow. Um, but we got you guys all that. Also, some from the forum. We're going to get to your questions later in the show um, over there from fantasyfootballadvice.com and right here in the chat as well. So if you have any, 
put them in and we'll answer those later on in the show. And we are also joined on the program tonight by one of my best friends, a man who took a bullet for me in the guillotine league in the office hey, side of things you. this week, Kyle Scott, Kyle, thank you uh, f- for losing for me. That was very valiant and you didn't need to do that. Hey man, if you, if anyone ever needs someone to score very few points <laughs> in a fantasy football game, I'm the guy to call. Well, I appreciate it, man. And now I'm going to go and spend all my fab on your Travis Kelsey. So uh, you're always looking out for me, Kyle. Every time there's some shit going down, I know who to call. It's Mr. Kyle Scott. So thank you once again, my friend. And uh, guys, we're going to be jumping into it right here. Uh, but want to get to the IBT family in the chat. Yo, yo, what's up, Connor? Right. Thanks for tuning in. We got Albert saying good evening, uh, IBT. Albert? What's up, Albert? Thanks for joining us tonight, man. And we got HooveTube saying Oof. you're next, Seth. Calling his shot. Listen, I should have been out this week. Last week, I was setting my waivers after this program, probably about midnight or so. I'm on the living room floor just laying out, stretching out, so I wouldn't fall asleep, like laying in bed doing them. Yeah, yeah, as one does. And guess what? (laughs) I fell asleep setting waivers. Didn't get to set any for that week. Luckily, I made the ESPN waivers, so I was up by like three before those ran at 4.30. So I got some waivers in last week. Um, but IBT league was not one of them. So, uh, Man, Eric, is, have you, this is the, this is the joy of the guillotine league, right? Like not to, uh, not to humble brag. I've been running rough shot on this league for five weeks. <laughs> and last week it was a nail biter. Like I was watching, I was yes. watching our friend Kyle Scott's box score more closely than I was watching mine. Cause my team wasn't <laughs> going to get there. It just, whether or not he did just enough, I guess not enough. And man, he, he saved us. Kyle. You are the hero that Gotham deserves. <laughs> we appreciate you, Kyle. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, let's redraft the first two rounds of fantasy football drafts in back in the day. They make them like this way back in the day. He took a shot, couldn't miss way back in the day. Couldn't predict how it could all change. Don't you ever forget how far we came. back in the day drafting here the first two rounds of fantasy football leagues and eric i'm sure nothing's going to change from the last time that we did a fantasy football mock draft (laughs) here uh about seven or eight weeks ago of course not no 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 we're we're just going to take all of the data and information that we've gathered over the last nearly two months and set it aside and pretend (laughs) like it is late august again no of course things are gonna change guys so let's go ahead let's crack this sucker open and tyler you have the first pick my guy let me go ahead and fire this draft up and uh how we feeling here obviously the consensus 101 uh right now i think in most people eyes dealing with a little bit of an injury but he's he still make the cut for you you know uh we did this we did this we picked these players a few days like before uh monday or the games on sunday and like of course you know i'm like oh man i've got cmc in like every league and like we're killing i'm like five and oh and 
six and oh after this week and killing it and then of course the inevitable the thing that has plagued us all season yeah. so far with our stars not just like anybody but like with big time stars getting hurt cmc goes down halfway through the game he is my 101 he is who i picked but dad gummit set these injuries eric they're killing me yeah man, man have- the uh the funny thing about it is, um, I think it was maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, we had a conversation about rest of season CMC or Justin Jefferson. And I said I would go with Justin Jefferson because I thought that he had a lower injury profile. And now we're looking at a world where Justin Jefferson is on IR. CMC is dealing with one of these kind of nagging injuries. It's just, it's been absolutely brutal out there. But I mean, kudos to you, Tyler. We, we gave you the option for a mulligan after he got hurt. And he stuck to your guns. So CMC sitting there at one. I'm going to go the wide receiver route and go with the current wide receiver number one man that is on pace for 17 touchdowns and 2,300 yards, Tyreek Hill. Shout out for Ty- Tyreek Hill calling his shot this offseason. We all are like, dude, man. this guy's been smoking a little too much pot this offseason. Head in the sky. No, he is very serious. I love those picks. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. And this is a guy I think I was a little bit low on coming into the season just because I didn't expect Matthew Stafford and the Rams to look this good. But they've looked damn good, boys. They've looked damn good. And Cup is still that dude, averaging nearly 24 PPR points in his two games back uh, and still maybe not 100% fully healthy. The fantasy playoffs, though, Washington, the Saints, and then the New York Giants in your fantasy championship. So give me some Cooper Cup here. And I'll back it up with Stephon Diggs as well. Uh, This guy, it doesn't matter what the game script is for Buffalo here, boys. Diggs gets it done. Five or six games above 19.9 PPR points. Number two in in receptions, number two in touchdowns, and number three in uh, receiving yards this season. So I love everything Stephon Diggs is doing. I think that continues to happen no matter what happens for the Bills down the stretch. So I have an admission to make here with this pick. Right after I made this pick is when I realized that we were talking about drafting someone from week seven and on. I thought we were talking about redrafting (laughs) heading into week one, knowing what we know now. So nonetheless, I ended up with AJ Brown. I didn't feel great about it once, once his light bulb went off, but then, you know, upon, upon further reflection, I, I think it's perfectly defendable, right? Like he's sitting at wide receiver seven right now. He's got three top 10 finishes on the season. He currently is number one in the league in air yards while also being number three in the league in unrealized air yards. His red zone target rate is through the roof, right? Like everything that you're looking for from a measurable standpoint is there. And AJ Brown is, you know, next to Tyreek Hill, he's, he's playing the position arguably better than anybody else in the league this year. Right. So love the upside. Might have been a bit of a reach, but I'm still comfortable planting my flag with A.J. Brown. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We got Didi in the chat saying hello. Didi. Hello, my boys. What's That's up, Didi? Didi? Thanks so much for joining us. And then Hoove saying draft Najee. Not today, my friend. Not today. We will not, not, we will not, not do that. Not in one or two. <laughs> Tyler, we're not uh, drafting Najee here, but you have two back-to-back picks here. Who goes off the board here after this top five? You know, I'm going to do what everybody probably did around pick five or six, if not earlier, and I'm going to go with the man, uh, the uh, Swifty uh, to the max, and I'm going to take Travis Kelsey right here. 
Hell yeah. I, I, I know, I would say I know a lot about Travis almost all too well, if you know what I mean. So, uh, <laughs> little Swifty reference there for you. I'm still in on Travis Kelsey, I think, at this price. Um, I think some people would still maybe want him towards the end of the first round. Eric, I think that's probably where you prefer him a little bit. I know how you feel about these one-off positions. Yeah, that's that's exactly it, right? Like, if if I had to select anyone from a one-off position in the first round, it, it would be Travis Kelsey. But just from, like, an overarching standpoint, I'm, I'm not there, um, you know, uh, taking either of the one-off positions this, this early. You know, Travis Kelsey is off to a he's off to a fine start, and he's doing so largely playing injured, right? So, yeah. you know, just just imagine when he gets healthy, when this offense kind of gets clicking a little bit more. Yes, I mean he he still has the potential to lead this position by 50, 60, 70 points again. I have Kelsey in my home league for the first time ever, and it is so nice every week saying. Okay, I'm going to get 20 ish points out of Kelsey. And then my <laughs> opponent has this week goes Hunter Henry. Last week it was Luke Musgraves. So like I always know I'm going to have a plus in that category. Points. So it's it's very, very nice. Uh, Tyler, who else do you think uh, belongs here in this middle of round one? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. You got to take the plus, especially with tight ends. So un you know predictable this year but he's con- consistent and so i i got my running back i got my tight end and then uh, starting i mean just first two games rough and then we catch fire and that is jamar chase oh oh jamar chase okay so it, it's so funny because we are so panicked you know, by, by Jamar chase earlier this year. And then all of a sudden we, we look up and the guy's leading the NFL in receptions. It's like, it never happened. He has a couple touchdowns all of a sudden. And I think I'm back in as well. I, I, I think between him and the next two or three players we talk about, um, it was very close for me, Eric, how do you feel on Jamar chase? Cause there's still a little bit of uneasiness for me, but I think he has to be right here. Yeah, candidly, when I was realizing my uh-oh with A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase was the player that I had in mind, right? I would much rather um, uh, go with go with him where I took Brown. And it, it has to do with, with that upside, right? Like the, the, the role that he plays in the Cincinnati offense is absolutely elite. And whether it's by injury, either to him or this year to, to Joe Burrow, we, we haven't really seen him tap into that, right? Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's gonna be a season where Joe Burrow pushes you know north of of 400 pass attempts you know really hits that volume season and you know when when that comes to pass Jamar Chase is gonna be on an entirely different level. Yeah, after an awful start, two bad games. Yeah, he has now climbed to wide receiver five on the season. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, so let's just recap those first seven picks real quick. It's Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill. Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, Travis Swifty, Kelsey, and Jamar Chase. And we're going to quick take a quick pause there. I want to bring something up in the chat here. Um, looks like Dee Dee, I, 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 she was having some health scares, and it looks like she is clear of breast cancer, so she is celebrating hey. right now and so happy to be here at the IBT family. I just want to say, man, this makes my night. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, Dee Dee, and being here while you are celebrating. Like, listen, fantasy football is fun. What we're talking about is fun. But, like, 
this this is awesome and this is a this yeah. is such great news so i'm so happy to to share it here with you and don't ever feel like you know whatever you guys are dealing with in life feel free to drop it in the chat like we're always here to talk about it and you know hopefully be a little bit of a, a ray of sunshine in your guys's life so eric i'm pumped up to hear this from our friend Didi. she's been a great supporter of us yeah and i had i had no idea so like you know shout out to to you for you know working your way through this i'm sure you have your your own support system in in your real life not in your youtube life um but yeah like like seth said right like we you know we we consider everyone here part of the ibt family so super pumped that you got some good news glad glad to know that um that that weight is off your shoulder and now now we're here celebrating what a what what better way to, to celebrate than redrafting the first two rounds <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah we appreciate you dd cheers and and thanks so much Salute. for being part of our community here that's what it's all about man and i love hearing what's going on and all the v- big victories and the small victories in the ibt family members life um let's let's focus back in on the draft here eric it is back to you now a lot of wide receivers in these first seven picks yeah there has been and as i'm one to do that prompted me to look elsewhere over to the running back position and like Tyler mentioned we we started this draft before games had started or certainly finished I was hoping that my decision would be reinforced by a big performance on Sunday night it wasn't exactly my choice here was Austin Eckler look he's he's ramping his way back up from from injury uh, because we are playing from week seven and on I expect to have him for the full complement of games and despite only playing two games this year He's, he's already got 11 red zone touches, right? Like his ability to get into the box wow. is where his his value comes from. And in, in limited opportunity, at least limited time on the field, he's still a focal point of this red zone offense, right? So better days are ahead. The touchdowns are coming. I still think Austin Eckler is an elite option at the running back position. I'm so glad you said the touchdowns are coming. I, I was so excited. I drafted Eckler in so many leagues, and I had him, and he's playing, and they kept getting in the red zone. I was like, yes, give it to Austin Eckler. Let's go. Touchdown. I just need I just need seven points, and I got my win wrapped up. And, man, he just didn't get it. Uh, <laughs> so, the opportunities were there, like you said, and I don't think every defense is going to be like that defense. But that gun <laughs> You know, that's what I get for like depending first game back, you know, depending on them. But, uh, you know, killer, killer pick through the rest of the season. Yeah. Austin Eckler, man. Like, I hope you just held on because the good times are coming, Tyler. They are coming, our friends. Uh, Number nine here. I'm going to go with a guy who was drafted right around in this range initially. And you might be a little disappointed if you drafted him. It's Bijan Robinson, uh, the rookie running back for the Atlanta Falcons. And this one's close, but Bijan's been consistent so far. You've seen that consistency. Has never had a game in single-digit PPR points. That's pretty good for a rookie. And number two in running backs as far as receptions. And I think eventually, whether Arthur Smith wants to or not, if he wants to win this division, he has to take the reins off of BJ Bijan Robinson. There's not going to be 15 fucking carries for Tyler Algier every single week. (laughs) It's going to be kept in check with Algier. He's going to have to use Robinson more than he is now. I I like the upside moving forward in the rest of the season. And then number 10 here, Amon Ross St. Brown for me. Um, Guy has been absolutely electric when he's been on the field this season, averaging 20 points per game. And the playoff schedule for him, Chicago, Denver, Minnesota, and Dallas. And I think what it comes down to, to ASRB for me, Eric, 
is I want players attached to good offenses. The Lions are one of the best offenses and newsflash five and one, one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, they, they absolutely are. And, and Amon Ross St. Brown is as steady as it gets, right? Like everything that you're looking for in an anchor wide receiver, Amon Ross getting for you. He was very much so the player that I was hoping would fall to me. He didn't. And so partially out of spite to you and your love for the frisky Jets, <laughs> going Brees Hall next, right? Like this is a guy that is absolutely coming on. He's, he's, he's completely white hot over these last two weeks. He's someone that we've been pounding the table here at, at IBT Media to go out and buy low while you still can. 23 and 28 point fantasy performances over his last two weeks. And more specifically, Dalvin Cook is gone. Like you look at his rush attempt share week over week, falls from 48 to 36 to 38 to 33, 22, 21, 16, right? Like he he's the the experiment with Dalvin Cook has, you know, that that chapter is closed. It is absolutely Brees Hall time. And he's clearly dynamic enough to do plenty if he, you know, even in kind of a a, a below average, to put it lightly, <laughs> offense, clearly, clearly athletic enough to to do a lot with with that heavy workload. I felt euphoric on Sunday when not only had he had a big game the week before, but he had a great game against a really good Philadelphia defense and scored. Yes, they let him score, but but the touchdown, I needed it in a couple leagues to get me over the hump and get me the win. And I felt like almost like Simba was coming home in the Lion King. Like I was so fucking jacked up. Freeze, I love you, baby. Thank you for everything. And uh, hashtag Frisky Jets, stay frisky. Here, uh, Tyler, they, they take down the Plenty Eagles. Uh, what your thoughts on the Frisky Jets and uh, your two picks as well. Yeah, the dude, Brees has just looked as advertised. I mean, he goes in and then he pops out on the other side like Frank Gore used to, you know. Frank Gore would just go into a pile and then all of a sudden he just pops out still running. Yeah. You're like, I don't know what just happened. Somehow he found the tunnel. You know, Brees is doing that stuff. And then once he hits that straightaway, he is gone. It's exciting because I feel like almost confidently you can go in and think Brees is going to get a 20-plus yard run every game, you know. Uh, and, and so that's – I mean, both of those, you both snipe me. Like, I know we can't portray this because this yeah. is like – but, like, both of these picks I'm sitting here going, like, please fall, please fall, yeah. please fall. But, you know, since they didn't, I'm going to go ahead and I typically like to go running back heavy in my drafts. Um, and I take the number three running back in fantasy football nice. with only one week out of significant double digits, like below 20. I think he had one that was 15, but I'm going to take uh, Travis Etienne. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And man, it, it's been great to see the evolution for Travis Etienne. And people don't realize it, but this guy, hopefully, it, I, I don't want to jinx it because like this guy's a stud. I'll do it. But. He is on pace right now for almost as many total touches as Josh Jacobs had total last year leading the league. So this guy's the opportunity is there. He is a bullet. I love seeing him play. And he's meant a lot to this Jacksonville offense, which is going to be great once again. So I'm with you there on Travis Etienne. Who do you have here? 13th overall for us, Tyler. 13th overall. So this is uh, an absolutely gotta risk it for the biscuit. This is a, a big risky pick. <laughs> it's I, a risk it for, but you know, one thing we've seen is 
this year there's been so many surprises in the later rounds. So I feel like I can find somebody. I mean, if it wasn't for penalties, Josh Palmer has another 60 <laughs> yards and a touchdown in uh, in the Chargers game. So I think I can find somebody till he gets back. But in the second round, I can't pass on Justin Jefferson. Man, it's it's so tough because the, the Vikings, if they're formidable, he can come back and it's like it never happened and the good times keep rolling, Eric. But this is really like how ballsy, how daring, how bold do you feel here? Tyler throwing his nutsack on the table with this pick. Man, and that table's flipping over, right? This, <laughs> this is the move, right? Like you're you're absolutely look, we're we're talking about three people alternating picks right so none of us are actually building a team but you're talking about someone that's swinging for the fences this is this is the the pick that you have to make to do it you know i i think it's kind of weird just like the the widely accepted speculation that if the vikings are out of it that justin jefferson might not actually suit back up like generally speaking these guys understand that they have a relatively short window of time to make the most amount of money and if they're healthy they're going to be out there playing right like there's obviously exceptions to that rule, but you know, for me, I, I think you know we're we're looking at a four week now three week window where you you know you got to you got to kind of wade your way along, and then after you do that, like you've got you know uh, the number one overall pick from ADP this year on your roster to just go out there and kill it over the stretch run. Got to risk it for the biscuit, Didi saying, love it in the chat. Eric, who are uh, who are you taking here? Uh, but before I get two sweet, sweet picks in the second round. <laughs> yeah, so uh, actually similar logic here to the Travis Etienne pick, which was one that I was hoping to, to make uh, had he made Same. his way back around to me. I, I got to go with Kenneth Walker here. Like, you know, like Travis Etienne, a guy where there was some concern about a rookie coming in yes. and eating into his workload. And anything but has happened right like walker sitting is running back 10 right now on the season he's got he's got 11 receptions for 100 receiving yards right like that was supposed to be zach charbonnet's work you know by hook or by crook it hasn't been his work you know the, very much so kenneth walker has has this backfield by you know by the short and curlies and when he's <laughs> getting this this workload like he is an elite option right so i'm i'm I probably am being a bit more aggressive than I than I should be here, but it's hard to find this type of opportunity for for a running back in today's league. It was one of my biggest misses this offseason. I didn't have any Kenneth Walker, and I have Charbonnet by the boatload, and I don't know what to do with him in half the leagues because he is a great handcuff, maybe one of the best out there, but his standalone value is just not what we thought it was going to be this season. So I like the Kenneth Walker pick. I'm going to go with a guy that, Eric, I'm so thankful you, you joined the podcast here uh, three or four months ago because you turned me oh on God. to Keenan Allen before the season started. I wanted nothing to do with a guy who he's 31 years old. We often think like, I don't want a 31-year-old receiver on my team, but Keenan freaking Allen is a stud and wide receiver two in points per game, had 20 fucking targets in a game. Like who thought that could happen with this guy? <laughs> Eric, I think you summed it up greatly before the season started. They were going to use him in this C.D. Lamb-like role in this Kellen Moore offense. Inside, outside, off the field. Like, this guy's just everywhere. I love Keenan Allen. And, uh, man, what a value he was in a lot of drafts, my friend. Man, it warms my heart to, to see him all the way up here where he should have been drafted 
over the course of the off season, right? Like with uh, with with the with the OC change, like this is this is an entirely different offense, right? So while while you've got yeah. the volume that we've come to know from Keenan Allen, you know the the frequency at which they're pushing the ball down the field, the pace at which they're they're playing, you know these are things that have moved up and moved in the right direction considerably. So six week sample, I'll save my my victory victory lap for now, but. <laughs> Very happy with how it started out for for Keenan Allen so far. Yes, yeah. The, the, there was a, a team that I play in a league with, and they start out Justin Jefferson, first pick overall, came back on twenty four, and they went Cooper Cup and Keenan Allen. Could you imagine you if go. he had all three of those healthy? That oh would be my gosh. scary. Squad. I will go at pick sixteen. I'll go Jonathan Taylor, and this is a bet on a scheme that has made Zach Moss. Yes, Zach Moss. The running back four on a points per game basis, averaging 20.5 PPR points this season. Vibes are high right now for JT and the Colts, and they need him. They need him. No Anthony Richardson moving forward. We don't know if it's a season ender yet. It's looking that way that he might get some surgery. Rest in peace, my friend. And I, I got to tell you guys, I got to stop buying jerseys of people. I, I, I didn't buy this jersey. But I, I was so close. I had it in the cart. I was ready to go. Last year, you guys know, I ordered a Brees Hall jersey. It showed up the day after he tore his ACL. So I got to stop thinking that I want jerseys. I got to stop. I, I was going to get the Plexico Burris jersey as a kid the night he shot himself in the foot. No. Like, oh, yeah. No, that, that this is – I have the worst. It's like a curse. I got Antonio Brown. I got Mike Wallace. Like, like name, name a, a, a player who – either did something stupid or is no longer with that team after, as soon as I bought it. Yeah. So got to stop buying jerseys. But um, meanwhile, JT to the fucking moon. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Eric, your thoughts on uh, JT. Uh, do you have bad Jersey luck as well? And your pick. Uh, I have no bad Jersey luck, uh, at least as far as I understand. Although the vast majority of my jerseys come from my fandom, which is for the lowly Houston Texans. So, Maybe all of my Jersey luck is bad luck as well, given our, <laughs> our fortunes up until this year. Um, yeah, look, Jonathan Taylor, like this is this is what they told us they were going to do, right? Like he had exactly 10 touches in, in the first week. Week two, which was last week, almost almost touch for touch, 50-50 split mm-hmm. with Zach Moss. Not Wouldn't be surprised at all to see him push for 65, maybe 70% of the work in this week. And at that point, you're, you're off to the races and – as much as it hurts me as a uh, as a a fantasy manager of his, no Anthony Richardson hanging around to uh, to vulture those those touchdowns. So wheels up for for Jonathan Taylor. Definitely someone that I was going to consider with my next pick if he was on the board. He was not, so I went with the volume king, Mister <laughs> Tony Pollard. <laughs> Hasn't been great from an efficiency standpoint, but yeah. he is absolutely getting all of the work right. Uh, he's number four in weighted opportunities. He's number three in targets. He's number seven in carries. And despite only having two touchdowns on the season, he's number two in red zone touches, 35 wow. red zone touches this year. Right? Wow. So like wow. the volume gives you a super solid floor. And if he's going to be this involved in the red zone, the touchdowns are coming. So probably, uh, probably a bit of a uh, stick your neck out moment, but I, I think that we're, uh, we're going to have a good stretch run for Tony Pollard here. All right. Tyler, how do you feel about Tony Pollard? It has been a little disappointing at times. I think the entire Cowboys offense this year has, but but the volume's been there, like Eric said. 
and maybe things are starting to turn around for the Cowboys as we saw on Monday night football? Yeah, I think, I think part of it is an issue in scheme, you know, Tony Pollard thrived in that Kellen Moore, you know, dump off, like, Mm. let me create these creative runs out on the edge, you know, and and like he thrived in that. Now you have this thing where they're like, one, their interior offensive line has not been impressive. Tyler Smith has been, I mean, he's okay, but he's not been what we really hoped for. And so they're running Pollard right up the pipe a lot. And it's just, I mean, I watched it like last night. I was just dying because I've got Pollard in that same league. I needed Eckler to do good in. And it's just like two yards, two yards, mm-hmm. one yard. And I'm just like, gosh, you know. Uh, and then when they give him a little bit of room in the passing game, you know, he breaks off his his largest, uh, you know, catch slash run of the game. So, you know, um, it's a little bit of a scheme thing for me. I think the talent is there. Obviously, I got to push for my Memphis guy. Yes, sir. Um, you know, but uh, he he wasn't there for me um, to pick in, in this next pick. I'm a Pollard fan, but I'm still going to go with the boys. The boys. And I'm take their other elite weapon, and it's not Dak Prescott. It is. Thank <laughs> yeah, thank God. I, 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 maybe that little recency bias from that hey, Russian touchdown got you with Dak. Hey, I, I told so I got dogged uh, in the show the last the past week because everybody was like, "I'm so done with Dak." Like I was in a show with two Cowboy fans, and they're like, "Dak's garbage. He needs to go." And I'm like, "Hey guys, sneaky play. I'm gonna live on my island over here, and you should start Dak this week." And they're like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> But surprisingly, that little rushing touchdown got him. And depending on your scoring format, he either finished QB1 on the week or QB3, which is not saying much because it was like mid-20s on the points. (laughs) Yeah, it was an awful day. I've honestly scores all around the league. So many unders hit. Like you you were just so well off taking the a lot of unders last week. And the quarterback play was atrocious across the league um as well eric we are actually no tyler we stay with you here for another pick uh number 19 overall who would be going rest of season for you so this is my put ahead on the chopping block i may be out of my mind but i'm gonna take the wide receiver two that the rams have dreamt of and take puka right here wow it is insane what Puka Naku has been doing this season, Eric, um, just from an uh, efficiency standpoint, but also from a volume standpoint. And yes, he had his first down game with Cooper Cutback, but he did drop a, a surefire touchdown earlier in the week. There you go. I think people would have been feeling differently about. I know it sounds crazy to have a, a guy that people weren't even drafting here in the second round, and maybe it's a little too rich for my blood, but I still think Puka would at least be probably a top 30 player for me and my, my, my own personal rest of season ranks. Uh, your, your thoughts here on uh, the kid out of BYU who's just slinging it. Yeah, I've, I've got a similar take that, that you do um, on, on a variety of accords. I, I've, I've had people ask me if Puka Naku is droppable now, and it's like if he, if he held on to that football in the end zone last week, not one person is thinking this, right? If he held on to that football in the end zone last week, he has another double-digit game, even though Cooper Cup has returned, right? So, like, 
clearly, like we've been saying all along, Nakua's upside is considerably limited now that Cooper Cup has has returned. But he's he's still a you know a steady kind of wide receiver two, wide receiver three flex guy, right? So you know, locking in that kind of volume, there's there's always going to be a place for it. Kind of like you said, you know, I, I think if we were if we were playing this all the way out, you know, might have been able to wait, you know, 10, 12 picks or so to get him, but he's still a he's still a super solid rest of the season asset. All right. And and who do you have here? We are up to pick number 20 overall. Yeah, so I went uh I went the exact opposite of Pukunakua. I went with someone who um has been pretty hit or miss so far this year, but his uh his his offensive skill set, his his upside is is unreal. You just you really have to you have to, you know, weather through these these down weeks. And that's Chris Olave. He's currently wide receiver Ooh, okay. 21 okay. on the season. Um, a lot of that is because he's had some down performances. He had a one point outing against Tampa Bay. He had a nine point outing against New England. That's really dragging down his average. But apart from that, basically at 15 points or more in every single game, uh, when when you normalize for those two outliers, and as he is one to do, number two in the league in air yards, 762 air yards already. He's number one in the league in unrealized air yards. Right. So like they're just pushing him the ball down the field. So when you look at his 53 targets, which is number 11 in the league, it's not four yards from the line of scrimmage. Hopefully you can right. do a little bit of run right. after the catch. These are these are game-breaking targets that this guy is getting. And in all of this, one receiving touchdown on the year, but he is sitting there with six end zone targets on the year, right? So these these end zone targets are like gold when you talk about receiving weapons. The fact that he is currently number five, at the wide receiver position in terms of end zone targets and has only converted one of those into a score. There's, there's some regression coming, right? This is a buy low candidate. Okay. Chris Olave off the board there for Eric and I'll give you props, man. Uh, we haven't seen it from Chris Olave this season. I'm a little bit worried that those unrealized air yards stay unrealized just because of, of Derek Carr and, and just the, the total, garbage that pete carmichael draws up as an offensive coordinator i that was honestly my worry like i didn't have him on my bus list because i didn't want to be that contrarian of a guy who gets clowned um but, but i didn't like chris olave at adp this season i'm worried i i don't I, I would take puka i would take puka i think i would take all the rest of these guys we have on our list here tonight um than chris olave but i respect the call nonetheless um Let's go ahead with my next pick, number 21 overall. Give me some freaking Raheem Moster. And I can't believe I'm here, but I I really think this is where we have to be because not only is this guy the RB2 on the season and one of the best offenses in the league, but it is one of the most historic offenses we've ever seen in the NFL. He's catching passes. He's getting high-value touches, and it feels legit now. After that 40-point game, you said, ah, there's some holes in in this. Um, But right now, number two in fantasy points per opportunity, so he's being efficient. He has a great scheme called by Mike McDaniel, a great offensive line. And the way defenses are playing the Dolphins right now, they are daring them. Use Raheem Mostert. Run it against us. Throw some checkdowns. And and you know what Tua's saying? He said, all right, I'm going to do it. And it's led to some good fantasy points for Mr. Raheem Mostert. So give me some Raheem Mostert at 21. And number 22 is Josh Jacobs, my last pick in this draft. 
And this is just a trust the volume thing. Averaging 27 and a half touches per game over last month. That's like what we used to get from Derrick Henry back in his heyday. So it's not necessarily super sexy, but we have to trust Josh Jacobs also leading the league among running backs in targets as well. So the guys, the guys getting a ton of opportunity through the air. Um, they got to rely on him now. It's Jimmy Garoppolo who might be a little banged up. Devonte Adams a little banged up. So Josh Jacobs to me is a workhorse rest of the season. Yeah, he, he absolutely is right. I mean, he's we you talked about him in uh, in context of of Travis Etienne earlier, but look, the the volume was insane last year. Looks like it's it's going to be equally as insane this year. And and he has he has been getting more and more effective as as we've gotten deeper into the season. Right, he had that long layoff while he held out. So. Definitely don't mind the, the the Josh Jacobs call there for for my my last pick of this of this redraft. I, I kind of wanted to to plant my flag and, and really just show show some some respect to my guy Jalen Waddle. Look, this is an uber talented wide receiver. Ooh. Obviously, you want to do anything that you can to get into and get a piece of this Dolphins offense. And look, the you know the the explosion games haven't been here yet. But he mm-hmm. he is coming on of late, right? Back to back games, he's he's seen his his targets walk up. Back to back games, he's found his way into the end zone. I think this is a sign of things to come. So we'll uh, we'll we'll set that slow start aside as the benefit of starting here, heading into Week Seven. And I, I think Waddle has a good chance of finishing right around wide receiver twelve or fifteen when it's all said and done. All right, Tyler, round us out. Pick number twenty four. Final one in this draft, your 24th player rest of season for yourself. So part of this is I struggled as I was drafting this team. I was like, man, it'd be really cool if this was my actual team. And I'm like thinking about filling all my positions up. Like I got two killer running backs. <laughs> I got some killer wide receivers and uh, and a flex play, you know, and then what, what do I need? And they haven't been taken yet. And historically, I never, ever, ever draft a quarterback uh, early in my drafts, I always go skill positions, but as QB number one on the season and significantly higher. And I mean, that's including a uh, week one where he got like maybe nine points, but since then has been averaging probably close to 30. Uh, I took uh, just to throw a wrench in the game, Josh Allen. I don't think it's a bad pick. And I don't think, uh, I don't think it's a reach in my opinion this is right where quarterbacks were kind of going for the first place when we started this whole thing uh, back in August. And I think like Josh Allen has proved here, uh, at least to me, that it's like it's him and Hurts and I think everyone else behind them. I, I, I think you could have, you know, maybe debated who is the quarterback one. But I think with his rushing upside, see, seeing a little bit less of it, but still just the t- touchdown equity on a great team. I'm all right with this pick. I'm comfortable with it. Eric, your thoughts on, on on Josh Allen here at pick number twenty four? Yeah, I mean this this is right about where where he ought to go if you are one to to roster Josh Allen, right? So, um, you know, d- despite it being uh, kind of a hot and cold season for him overall, he's he's still putting up considerable points, right? So the the argument that we were making for why you can justify taking him where he was being drafted six weeks ago still still remains true, and and arguably. We've seen we've already seen more of his downside, right? So yep. with that kind of already in the can, you know, as as he normalizes, as he regresses back to his mean, there should be some some pretty good weeks ahead of him. 
Some notable names not drafted in this. Devontae Adams, Derrick Henry, Devonta Smith. No. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> and I will say if David they all Montgomery sound like round threes to me. <laughs> <laughs> if if David Montgomery didn't get hurt, I think I might have taken him over Josh Jacobs. I will say that as well. David Montgomery, maybe even higher. I was getting really high on David. I would have Mont- took him instead of Puka. Okay. So Keep that in mind. Montgomery could still be a top 25 asset when he gets back from injury. So I love looking at this holistically with you guys because it just gets us out of that mindset. Oh, I paid a second round or a first round pick for Derrick Henry. I have to get that value back. Guys, values are changing. And this was a great exercise to look at. So thank you guys for your analysis there. Let's go ahead and let's dig through what remains of the week seven waiver wire here uh, with our next segment. In the scope. I have the stars in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. All right. In the scope, we're going to look at some waiver wires. We're going to start with our mainstream targets and then get into some uh, plays that you can get after waivers run here. So we'll just run through the mainstream really quickly. I think if you need a quarterback, it's Sam Howell here, Eric. I'm interested in him. 19.1% rostered. He's the guy we talked about on and off this season, and it seems like it's been more good than bad, at least for fantasy points. Yeah, it, it has. Really, the the thing for me, like if if you're heading into week seven and you're looking for a quarterback, like the thing I always do when I'm streaming is looking for guys that that have the volume. And Josh and Josh and <laughs> Sam Howell is is Whoa. very much so checking that that box, right? So um, you know, Howell, you know, by hook or by crook, whether it's because they're trailing, whether it's because of, of what the enemy's trying to do, Sam Howell's fifth in the league in, in pass attempts this year, right? So getting that volume, he's obviously got, you know, uh, solid to plus weapons around him. Like he's, he's exactly what you're looking for in a QB streamer in my mind. So the remainder of our mainstream running back targets Pretty solid list, right? No one, no one that I think you should, you know, go out and, and absolutely break the break the bank for. Uh, player of note, player that got his opportunity and played well with it, Chuba Hubbard. He's currently yeah. sitting at forty six percent. Obviously, we'll have to keep an eye on Miles Sanders' availability, but even when Sanders returns, I think we're looking at a guy that has earned himself, you know, somewhat of an expanded role, especially in the passing game for uh, for these Panthers. And then Tyler, I, I wanted to get your thought here on on the next two running backs. Obviously, we talked about your first overall pick in the Week Seven redraft, Christian McCaffrey, now dealing with an oblique injury. So Jordan Mason, Eli Mitchell, sitting there at one point four percent and twenty six point four percent rostered, respectively. If they're both on your wire, which direction do you think you're heading? Uh, I'm going to go Elijah Mitchell. I think Elijah Mitchell is the uh, is the better talent out of them. Uh, fortunately, I think either one will be successful in a Kyle Shanahan offense. You know, you pretty much just, he can put whoever he needs to in there and they're going to be okay. Obviously, CMC is a whole nother level, but we've seen all the beginning of the season working alongside CMC is Elijah Mitchell. And I think last week they still wanted to give him one more week to kind of get healthy before they really started throwing him in. And then when the CMC injury happened, you know, they were forced to give him a couple touches there, but uh, I think that he's definitely going to be the one that they highlight out of those two. So I would put my money on Elijah Mitchell. All right. I love that. 
Roshan Johnson, we've been talking about him all all season. I don't think we have to talk too much more about him, but if he's back and healthy with the Bears, it could be a good opportunity, especially with Justin Fields down. And uh, I'll just I'll just say, man, look out for uh, for Tyson Bajant. This guy out of Shepard. <laughs> I know nobody wants to see Justin Fields go down, especially after he was just getting hot. But this is a Division two quarterback. My my, uh, uh, my alma mater IUP would get to the the semifinals or the championship game of Division two most every single year, and this guy in Shepherd would just come and fucking crush us. So I like uh, maybe a little love for Bajent here, maybe, maybe. Um, Ty J Spears, Craig Reynolds, Zach Evans. Any love for any of those players, Tyler? Uh, Ty J Spears, you're rostering through the bye. If so, Craig Reynolds. It's a one or two week thing, maybe with David Montgomery out. And then Zach Evans, he's the last man standing in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm uh I'm not on the Zach Evans train. I have never been on the Zach Evans train. I just don't see it. Uh how many stars you were as a recruit does not translate to what you produce on an NFL roster or even really in college. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw you tweeted about it today and I was like, my dude Seth just nailed it. You know, like just threw him out there. And then uh, you know, I do Craig Reynolds, like you said, he's a one or two week plug. Obviously, if they have yeah, if if they have Gibbs or you know, uh Monty back, that's gonna be that. And then um the you know. I believe Tajay Spears actually has value as a, an elite level handcuff. Like if for some reason Derrick Henry misses time, like, oh my goodness, what Tajay Spears will be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but even alongside Derrick Henry, we're still seeing a good amount of usage. We're yep. still seeing a really good change of pace. Uh, and it, it gets it gets me excited. Like I, I don't if I have them on my roster and I need to like pick up somebody for a bye week, like I'm having a lot, a lot of trouble letting him go. You know what I mean? Yep. I think he should be rostered as well. Rest of the running back targets this week, Jaleel McLaughlin, Justice Hill, Keontae Ingram, a uh, little fool's gold there last last week with uh, Amari Di Mercado and Latavius Murray, 6.6% rostered. Shout out Rachel. Uh, Rachel featured him in a, in a blog for IBT a couple weeks ago. She loves Latavius Murray slow and steady, and he got the start here for Buffalo. Uh, unfortunate situation for Damian Harris who, who went out in a stretcher yeah. in an ambulance, but it looks like he's going to be okay. Um, it ha- has all function of his body. So that's good. Wide receivers here, Eric, uh, Josh Palmer, Josh Downs, Josh Reynolds, that we're still getting Josh here regularly. Rashi Rice, Jamison Williams, Wandale Robinson. If there's one guy you had to pick up this week and fire him out there uh, from these guys under 50% rostered on ESPN right now, who is it? Yeah, we talked a bit a bit about him on the the Friday show. It's it's Rashi Rice for me, right? Like we've we've yes. you know speculated as to you know which wide receiver is going to emerge in this Kansas City offense. Yeah, Rashi Rice in in limited work has looked like you know the most dynamic of the lot. And last week was a tipping point. He is actually tied for second uh, uh, among the wide receivers, specifically in terms of route routes run. Right, he kind of broke through that like eight to 12 range that he'd been hanging around ran 22 routes last week. So, you know, not only is he getting more time on the field, he's continuing to see his productivity ramp up with that additional time. So it's, it's rice out of this lot. 
Yeah, if they want to make another Super Bowl run, man, they have to get him more involved because he looks like the one game changer in that wide receiver room. Mm -hmm. At the tight end position, it's our old friend John o. Smith still back out there, 14.8% rostered for him. Luke Musgrave, 17.4% rostered. And Michael Mayer, 1.4% rostered. And shout out Scott Reinier, our other co-host on the podcast. He shouted out Mayer in a tweet last week saying, hey, let's not get too excited, but we did see some career highs for Mayer in week five. Will those translate to double-digit PPR points for Mayer here in week number six? He's going to be leaned upon as well, looks like, if, if Brian Hoyer's under center. Um, so those are the mainstream candidates here. And then I want to bounce down to our in-the-scope candidates. These are players you can get after the waiver wire runs. And Tyler, bef before uh, – this was kind of a junk week. So, so these are – Players that, if you're not picking them up, you got to throw the flag on them. You got to watch them and, and see what happens here with them. Um, but before we get to that, I know you had some thoughts on what was kind of a weird day for the NFL. It's like all these veterans were finally getting a little bit of love out there. Yeah, yeah, no. For my end of scope, I was like, you know, I, I was thinking of trying to find a player that I think, and I was, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know because I don't really love – I look I looked at my rosters and who's rostered under 10%. I'm like, I don't know that there's anybody, especially in my redraft leagues, that are thin that I'm trying to go get. But then, like, my notifications stop, start lighting up all day, you know. Yeah. And I'm seeing, like, Lenny's working out with the Bills this past weekend. James Robinson signed by the Packers. Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman signed by the Rams. Anthony Miller and three other wide receivers signed by the Colts. Kenyon Drake picked up by Baltimore. Tracy McSorley picked up by the Bears to give your uh, your guy uh, Tyson Badgett a little bit of uh, competition there. I love, I love me some Trace McSorley too. And then probably that. the biggest signing and who I would put as like a you got to watch out for what could happen is Julio was signed not to the practice squad, but to the active roster with the Eagles. And that to me was out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. You, this was kind of what you wanted to highlight here. And in the scope is these players that we might not see much from them. We haven't seen a lot from Julio in a couple of years, but I was literally just telling my girlfriend the other day, how is Lenny not signed to a team yet? He needs to be owned. Dude, uh, poor Lenny. Yeah. All these like scrap heap guys are getting jobs and Lenny's just out there. Like, what about me? <laughs> yeah. And he, he's back. Uh, well, he we don't so know if he's back, but he's at least working out for the bills, which I think would be a nice fit there. Um, Eric, I know you have to run some other things, uh, but real quick, give us your in the scope candidate this week. And uh, your thoughts on someone who we can grab after the waiver wires run. This, this one hurts my heart because I was out <laughs> here banging the drum for Damian Pierce over the entire off season. And last week we, we finally saw Devin Singletary overtake Damian Pierce in terms of his snap share. They were neck and neck in, in opportunity share and, and look like maybe this is just kind of, you know, uh, a learning curve for Damian Pierce as he gets acclimated to this Bobby Slowick kind of zone running scheme, you know, the way that he profiles is probably a bit stronger in more of a power run scheme. Whereas Devin Singletary is a real patient runner. He's a bit more fluid. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if nothing else, he's going to have a role to play. He's worth a stash. And because the Texans are on by, 
you can get him for absolutely nothing. No one's going to go out and pick him up this week. I can't help but laugh because as you deliver this this information here, it just like you can see the sadness on your face. Like I'm so upset to actually be saying this. Well, Eric, we appreciate your analysis, my friend. We will catch you here on Friday. You'll be back with us. Uh, in the meantime, keep you it in between, it. brother. Thank you. Uh, Tyler, let's round out here within the scope, and then we'll get some questions from the forum. Trey McBride is my in-the-scope candidate. And last week, I wanted to talk about Michael Mayer, and it was a similar situation where we were seeing career high, season highs for Mayer. And I didn't know if I could fully believe it into rostering him. I think I kind of believe Trey McBride a little bit. Season high snaps for the, the the Arizona Cardinals tight end, 58% in week six. That's nine more than the veteran Zach Ertz, who's been pretty solid this season. Um, Tyler, five targets for four, for four receptions and 62 yards for Trey McBride here in week number, uh, week number six. And is this the Cardinals saying, hey, we know we're not going to win this year. Is this where we pivot away from that? Uh, these veteran players and see what we have in the, these young guys. I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's the case, but this is a, a player who had a 99 percentile dominator rating at Colorado state. He was a stud for the Rams second round pick. He has the draft capital. A- any, any interest in Trey McBride in deeper leagues where, where you need a tight end. They play the Seahawks this week, which don't have the best pass defense and he's available in well, 99.6% of leagues, my friend. Yeah. No, I mean, I like Trey McBride. I like Trey McBride, especially in dynasty formats. We typically see tight ends take a little bit longer to develop. There are some of the outliers like Laporta this year. Yeah. You know, but typically it, we see a few years pass and then we start to really see that happen. And I felt like that would be Trey McBride. I felt like Trey McBride needed to develop as a blocker when he came into the league. And uh, I think it's more of that. And he's starting to be more effective. So, you know, I don't think that they keep Ertz, you know, obviously he's he he is on his way out. And I I like McBride in Dynasty. I think that we could be looking, you know, two years, a year, two years down the road and like being really, really glad that we've rostered him. Yeah, I I honestly think, too, like if I'm in a situation in redraft right now and I don't have anybody I don't know if I want to fire him up quite this week yet, but like I'm willing to put him on the bench and see what I can get from him. Like pretty much everyone outside of the top six or seven tight ends, in my opinion, aren't rosterable. Like we've been hyping up Jake Ferguson for months and Jake Ferguson has had two like unusable games. He's hurt your fantasy team. Like I, I think there's a chance that maybe this, this, the, the, the changing the tides uh, with the Arizona Cardinals and we maybe see some Trey McBride, but yeah, I don't want to hype him up too much, but, yeah go ahead i was just gonna add so for example right there with you and and you you know you're saying like you people say why would you do that why would you do that cole Komet, right currently tight end number five on the year year one finished tight end 43 year two tight end 21 year three seven and then this year he's currently five mcbride is almost the exact same year one 41 so two places better year two currently tied in 34 but we're just now starting yeah. to see him really get usage so it's 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 that similar progression 
to, to you know, that kind of tight end that Cole Komet's showing that he is. And I think Trey McBride will be. Okay. I love it, man. Let's go ahead and round out the show tonight with From the Forum. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do. Here in between, we got advice for you. Back and forth all day, trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. All right, the Fantasy Football Advice Network. Tyler, this is your baby, and this is a platform that I found out about over the summer, and I've been jazzed to work with it and engage with the community over there because it's been so cool to have a platform where players and creators support each other. And I'll be honest, man, like I'm a busy person. I don't have time to use these other apps like Discord and Patreon and Facebook and Instagram. Like I I just don't have the time, but your platform brings it all together where it's not everything else. It's just fantasy football. I can get my answers quickly. I can give advice quickly. I can share content quickly. It's all super efficient and under one roof. Is there any more that you can add to, to what you have going on over there? Yeah, fantasyfootballadvice.com, and it is a fantasy football community. Just like you said, I mean, that is the the nuts and bolts is like, hey, it's everybody hanging out, everybody asking their questions, everybody throwing their stuff or giving advice, a place where content creators can create and they can monetize and they can, you know, provide stuff for the fantasy football community all in one space without having to go check this app and that app and this app and that app, you know, and uh, Seth. A huge update uh, coming is that the with pretty soon you will actually be able to stream your show directly into our platform and oh. on the mobile app, baby. Uh, it is man, I, I have to say it is killer. It's awesome. Uh, the amount of you know people that are jumping in, the amount of yeah. uh, you know. It's it's really humbling for me to have, to be a part of, but glad to see it's becoming something so awesome for the fantasy football community. And it's been really cool to meet some new faces over there as well that I had never met before. Because Twitter's hard to navigate, man. Like I love Twitter, but it is hard to navigate. And uh, I will say, I have a phone storage issue where I cannot download very many apps just because I have so much music and 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 music and podcasts on my phone. So this was allowed me to delete like five other apps and just have one app. So <laughs> I really appreciate the fancy well, we football you, advice man. network for that. If you guys want to try it out, please go over there to fancyfootballadvice.com, one of the slickest URLs in the game, and use our promo code IBT. You're going to get yourself 25% off of, of your first month or year subscription over there. And, and it before- is, Seth, it is free to join if you want yes. to interact and ask yep. questions you can sign up and create create an account for free and then of course use ibt's code and you can get uh that will give you your pro membership yes uh at a discount but you can get on and ask questions just like you do in the chat right on the site and people like me people like seth and tons of other users are there to help it is the easiest way we can, like, if you want to ask questions on this show weekly, which I see we want to have one from GB here in the chat, the easiest way to get them answered is getting over there on the Advice Network. Like, I'm going there Monday and Tuesday. I'm looking for questions to answer. And it, it not only is it going to be featured in this segment, but we also have a follow-up article that comes out with even more in-depth analysis, personalized advice for you guys. So make sure you're checking it out over there at fancyfootballadvice.com. 
And first question of the night here, Tyler, we got one from GB7892, PPR, single flex league. He is 4-2. Should he be trading Amon Ra for Derrick Henry and Pittman? His RBs are Gibbs, Najee Harris, Sanders. Wide receivers are Cup, Amon, Puka, and Judy. So, GB, we just did a redraft of the first two rounds in this episode. And I think we had a Monra maybe like 14th or 15th, Tyler. So we still like maybe even before that, he might have been. Yeah, he was the first round, I think. Yeah, I think it was maybe 10 or 11. So I struggle to give up a player of that value when Derrick Henry has slid in my eyes. Um, with what I mean, it's still been good, but he's going to face even more stacked boxes now if Tannehill's out. And Pittman's been awesome. I mean, what, double-digit targets last week with Minshew? It was great, but I don't know. This just feels a little needy to me. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i a fan of the stash. <laughs> he, he threw for – I mean, it was, it was a little bit uh, not accurate. I mean, like you didn't get the full picture because he had some picks that were just really what it felt like receivers not making an effort to make a play on the ball, like slight overthrows, but, you know, like – it, you, I definitely like Pittman with Minshew at quarterback. Um, but I'm not trading Amon Ra for Derrick Henry and Pittman. I'm keeping Amon Ra, and you've got Cup. I mean, you you've got you've got a killer set there. If anything, what I'm probably doing is I'm taking a I'm taking like Puka right because I don't want to be starting yep. Cup and Puka every yeah. week. Yeah. I'm gonna take Puka coming off a high. I may make one game, wait one more game because I think yep. he has a good game this coming week. Uh, but you know, I would trade Puka and try to get your running back there. I think people would probably trade Derrick Henry for Puka. We're getting close. Does We're that sound close. outlandish? No, I mean we just had Puka ranked in our top 24 picks, and we didn't have Derrick Henry, so I don't think it's a outlandish thing to say at all at this point so yeah and i think even if you packaged puka maybe with a Najee or a sanders you could maybe get yourself maybe not a surefire you know top five six rb but probably a low-end rb1 you might be able to get yourself a tony pollard a josh jacobs someone kind of in that rat range so i wouldn't do this this trade gb uh but i think you're in the right mindset but I'd really be trying to hang on to Cup and Amon Ra, man. Those are your two best players on this team, and it feels like you're just selling yourself a little short here is all. So let's get to a question over on the forum, Tyler, and this one is from Bradley Twin one He says, all right, so we are on to week seven. Who are we calling for Super Bowl appearances this year? He says, I'd love to hear, uh, or I'd love to see Dolphins versus Lions. Also, I have Jerome Foreign Cream Hunt on my bench. Who do I start this week? So let's start with the Super Bowl picks here. Tyler, your thoughts. Oh god, I don't even want to get into it. It's so crazy. There's no undefeated teams. And we're, you know, we just finished week six. Like it you, we don't know. I don't think that you can really look at it and say, I mean, I think San Francisco's a favorite. You yep. know, obviously, I think the Chiefs are a favorite. I think the Dolphins look really good. And, you know, I wonder if they're not, you know, if they're not there, um, you know, it just, I don't know. It's, it could, it's anybody's ball game right now. It feels like, especially with like the injuries and stuff that are hidden and like complete team changes that are being made. Um, you know, it, yeah. 
I, I just can't I can't make a call. <laughs> we got GB in the chat saying thanks for the advice. Thank you, GB, for tuning in, man. We hope you're subscribed to the channel. Come back and hang out with us again. Super Bowl picks for me. If you say gun to the head, I'm saying who I said at the beginning of the year. It's boring. It's the chalk pick, but I can't go against the Chiefs and the Eagles right now. I just can't. I I think it's gonna be another Kelsey Bowl, man. Like the Eagles just feel like the team is going to kind of do it on the NFC. I feel like injuries are going to catch up to the Niners like they always do. Other than that, I think Detroit has a really good team, but they're inexperienced, and I just don't think they can get – it's a lot to ask for, you know, to go out the of the playoffs. Yeah, to Super Bowl. So process of elimination, it's the Eagles for me. And while I love the Dolphins, it's just, a kind of, again, kind of a big jump to go from eliminated in the wild card round to going all the way to the Super Bowl. So it, it's tough for me. Um, but but I think the Chiefs, like their defense is the best it's been in a while. They need to get the receivers and the offense going a little bit more. I think Tyler and they'll be a juggernaut. I I, I really, and I hate to say that because I always root against the Chiefs. I always try to go contrarian picks um, with Super Bowl selections, but I, I got to go chalk here. All right, so you go chalk, you go uh Chiefs and Eagles, and I'll go unchalk, and I'll go Kyle Shanahan meets up with his previous Ooh, coach, okay. Mike McDaniels, in the Super Bowl, Niners-Dolphins. I Oh, man, that would be – imagine the, the the Super Bowl week media interviews we're going to oh. get from Mike McDaniels. It's going to be <laughs> electric. I, I love that. Um, also, let, let's help the other Bradley twin out here. Uh, he has Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt on his bench. Who does he start this week? I know we saw some Kareem Hunt last week, and he, and he looked spry at times, but I think it's Jerome Ford for me. I think it's just more workload. Um, and honestly, like they looked pretty good against a 49ers defense that is, is known to being uh, quite the run stuffer up front. So I think Jerome Ford just has the higher volume and the higher floor here for me that I'm willing to risk it this week. Your thoughts, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely Ford for me. Ford still got 50% snap share. He still averaged almost five yards per carry. Uh, Kareem Hunt, though he got the touchdown, uh, was still sub four yards per carry. He was like 3.92. So he's he, he wasn't overly effective over – uh Ford and you know they did ramp up his snaps a little bit they gave him yeah. about 37 I think it was like 37 40% uh which is about what they do like if you look last year with Chubb right it's like a, it's typically like a 60 40 mm -hmm. in a Browns offense and I think Ford is the is the 60 almost got 20 20 total touches last week and I think that's interesting for Jerome Ford He's not a guy who's going to win you your week, but I don't think he's going to lose it either. Don't get cute here, brother. Uh, appreciate the question nonetheless. And here's the next question here we have from over at the forum as well. For years, we've been blaming the Chargers choking for Brandon Staley, that it's all on, all on Brandon Staley. But there is a fun little stat that Justin Herbert has thrown 13 interceptions in one score games in the fourth quarter. Defense is obviously an issue for Los Angeles, but is the time to start moving some blame now? What do you think about this, Tyler? Because I feel like when you're watching a Chargers game, if you're a fan of them or have fantasy assets with them, like it's high anxiety because they're always going for it. They're always making these crazy decisions. 
And it seems like Brandon Staley doesn't get the most out of his talent. But Justin Herbert, at the same time, like, hasn't always been clutch in these situations. And I think it's very smart of our guy Fat Squirtle over here on the Fantasy Football Advice Network to point out that, like, there probably should be some blame. No one wants to blame Justin Herbert because he's kind of like the golden child, you know? He's like the contrarian to Mahomes. But maybe there should be. You know, I struggle with it. I looked it up after that I saw this question. You know, Herbert is 27 for 28 um, as a as an overall record as yeah. a starter. So he's actually sub 500, you know, like uh, – and it's hard because it, it's not like he struggles to move the ball. He throws well. I mean, we saw that, you know. I, I don't find it being Herbert, but then I find myself, you know, like Anthony Richardson for all those people that were talking about him last yeah. year. I was like coming out of college. He couldn't, he wasn't, he couldn't even get 500. So like, how does he lead a team? You know, like how do you, like a good player will raise the talent of a team. And when I look at his team, I see Keenan Allen. I seen Austin Eckler, you know, now granted he's not getting these people at the same time. Usually like last year, we, we yeah. lost Allen. We had Eckler, you know, this mm-hmm. year we lost Williams. We have yep. Allen and we have Eckler for half of the year so far, maybe, you know? So I will say in his defense, it feels like he never really had, he never has all of his weapons. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's, that's kind of the way that it feels, you know? Yeah. And man, I'll say Quentin Johnston talk about a disappointment. They've needed someone to step up and he is not. And it is, I know sometimes it takes rookie wide receivers to get going, but we don't live in that era anymore, man. Like we don't live in that era. We're seeing people like Rashi Rice, Puka Nakua, guys with lower draft capital who are doing some really, really good stuff. Even like Jonathan Mingo has had some decent games. It's been nothing from Quentin Johnston in one of the best high volume offenses. So I think there's a lot of question marks with the Chargers, and I think maybe that's how we can chalk this up here. Um, but don't give up, man, because I think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get better with the Chargers moving forward. They got Eckler back. Can they use Johnson? Palmer looked great on, on Monday as well. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for penalties, the Chargers win that game. Yeah. I mean, Josh Palmer's touchdown, you know, it just – they got to get that in shape, which may be a Stanley thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here we got last question of the night here, and then we're going to let everyone go. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. The sport's been awesome tonight. Thank you. Muth or Ertz, drop one. So, Smokey, we just spent about three or four minutes talking up uh, Trey McBride, actually, here in our last segment in the scope. So if you want more on McBride and, and how he outsnapped and outproduced Zach Ertz here last week, you can go back and check that out. Um, but I think we might be seeing a changing in the guard for the Cardinals at tight end. So I would say I'm dropping Ertz here. Tyler, er, Tyler how do you feel about it? Uh, Fryermuth just coming back off injury. So I didn't even know if he would be rostered for a lot of people here, uh, coming off, uh, off this buy as well, but it is the Rams and, uh, they, they got to get going in Pittsburgh, but it's a, it's a sluggish offense over there. Yeah. Rest of season. I like Muth. Uh, Muth is a safety blanket when he's on the field for, for Pickett. And so, you know, that's, I mean, we've seen, we saw good production. We've seen good production from Ertz, but I don't think we have anything to worry about with Moose snap share going down. We just need him to be healthy. And if he's healthy, I take him over Ertz. Yep. I love that, man. Yeah. He was my all in pick. So, uh, I, you know, not looking great on that call, but, uh, either way, I can't go against him now. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you to all the IBT family. 
And, and Tyler, tell us one more time how we can best support you and everything you have going on here this season and moving forward, my friend. Look, you want to support me, go to fantasyfootballadvice.com and support the fantasy football community. That's what I need you to do. You know, we're building a great community over there, a great place for people to ask questions like you have in the chat, just to hang out and talk fantasy football without all the other stuff. Yes. So just come, hang out, try it. Again, it's free. Free to sign up. Everybody that we have had sign up through our live shows is using the mess out of it whether they do pro membership or not. So, you know, come over, try it out, hang out, give back to the fantasy football community with your great self being a part of it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We appreciate it, man. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in. We hope you have a great rest of your week. We'll be back on Friday uh, with some start sits, some sleepers, all that goodness. Um, Until then, keep it in between. Subscribe to the channel. Come back and hang out with us again. And we'll catch you soon. Thank you all.